I said, we got to try to make a game that's more inclusive, that allows people to participate no matter what their fitness level or their shooting level, but it has to be formatted to where it's still going to be challenging, you know. So we, we do the best we can to put you in as many situations that are going to simulate some way, shape, or form something you could experience in the field. You start getting into these, these shot scenarios where you might very realistically take a 60 to 80 yard shot if it's in your effective range at, a, at an angle that's 35 to 45 degrees uphill or downhill. That rangefinder is not going to give you the exact number you should be shooting at in angle mode. It's, it's flawed. I try to simplify shot sequence for bow hunters because you start talking about transfer load and and different things that, that this the USA archery coaches, a bow hunter is going to look at that and be like, what? There were so many aha moments from people in that discussion about, wow, you know, um, I know this is no limits, but they're teaching me what I should consider are my limits to stay ethical in my pursuit. All right, this is Braden Forsyth with No Limits Archery and Alpha Bow Hunting. You're listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all, welcome to episode 74 of Living Country in the City. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Now, on to today's episode. After my whole 3D course bow exploding debacle, I figured I had to be at least a little bit lucky because if I'm going to blow up a bow, at least I'm doing it in the home of one of the best bow shops in the country, No Limits Archery out in Denver, Colorado. While I was there, I got to sit down with the man himself, Phil Mendoza, as well as Braden Forsyth of Alpha Bow Hunting and back for an unprecedented two episodes in a row, Mr. Brian Horton of Fit for the Hunt. We got a chance to sit down and talk a little bit about the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge as well as Alpha Bow Hunting in general and the programs they offer and how new hunters can really start investing in themselves a little bit more so they can see more success in the end. So, hope you all enjoy episode 74. So, uh, we are here. What's, what's the official city? This yeah. is, this is uh, we call it Denver. 
we'll call, kinda, it, we'll call yeah, it Denver. Yeah, we're kind of in between like three cities here. Um, it's actually just county-based, but uh, call it Denver. Okay, Denver works. Here in Denver, Colorado at No Limits Archery, my second time today, uh, as I'm sure everyone that has listened to the past two episodes knows why. But, uh, back by... Dry fire. <laughs> well, I was going to say back by popular demand, but, uh, you know, he, uh, he weaseled his way back into the podcast. I got Mr. Brian Orton. Greetings. <laughs> also uh, sit next to Phil Mendoza and Braden Forsyth. Yes, sir. Got that right. I'm impressed. You did. You did. I'm... I'm it's only been rem- like 35 seconds since I told you, so <laughs> well, it's good I, you can remember I've got the memory long. of a goldfish at any uh, given I'm, time. You so. and me both, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're hanging out in uh, No Limits, uh, another episode of Living Country in the City. I um, want to talk a little bit about shooting mechanics and, and just coming in as a new shooter. And then uh, we got the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. We got a couple events actually coming up uh this weekend, as of recording it, uh, this is May. Crap, it's already May 29th. 29th yeah. Jeez. That's well, what happens when you take you a three-week road trip. It just disappears. In four more days, he's got another alpha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very well aware, man. It's, it, we're looking forward to it. That, our first event was May uh, 5th and 6th. And, you know, it, it was a good start to the year because the, the group of people that came out just... It it seems like well, we had a, a handful of new shooters mm-hmm. at this last event, and it just everybody's attitude, everybody's kind of demeanor, joking around, but having fun and really wanting to get better. You know, it's 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 laid back and it's lax, but at the same time, you know, people have it in perspective. They have their perspective pretty well set, I would say. There's a very good, very good balance there yeah. of, of intensity and then also competitiveness, but camaraderie and, and everything there. So. It works well. I think. I think uh, it's it's developed into something that that's going to keep growing because of that. So nice. We'll uh, we'll hop into that uh, into alpha next. One thing I always like to start with, though, is uh, Brian. You've already kind of given us your, a little bit of your story, but um, if you guys could maybe just really quick give us a general idea how how did you get your start in hunting and the outdoors and and shooting and all of this? Yeah. So uh, this is Phil. I. I started rifle hunting. My dad, my dad, you know, he he come to this country illegally in the in the early seventies, and I'm 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 not embarrassed to say that just because anybody who knows my dad, he's established himself as more than a um, a good member of the community, and um, you know, owns three successful businesses. He's you know he he gives back so much all the time to the community and. Um, he taught me, he learned, you know, he learned from some guys that when, when he was here that took him out and he taught me, uh, as a youngster, it took me out with when I was really young, uh, rifle hunting primarily, we got into that really heavy. And then I started archery hunting after college, seriously. Um, so were you raised here in Colorado or born and raised here in Denver? Um, it's been since 2009 that I opened up Known Limits Archery. And I mean, it's, it's been fun. It's been a challenge because I, I work, that's, this is my second job. My primary job is a fan with my family. We have a family owned demo and excavating company, but it's been, it's, it's that passion project type, you know, that, um, but to see it grow to, to the, to where it's at now, 
it's it's just an awesome feeling just to, to to be able to sit back and reflect a little bit but not get too comfortable because <laughs> i just these guys know me I, i'm always grinding i'm always thinking about what's next what we're doing next and we need to try this we need to do that so but to, to go back into the the hunt story man it's just been i i was blessed to have a father and a couple uncles that really i mean my uncle ben and i we used to He's only 10 or 12 years older than I am. So he was the youngest of my mom's siblings and he's he was an animal. I mean, you know, high school wrestler, he just we we, we used to get out and and trek the woods and, and we would cover miles in one day that some people cover on a weekend, <laughs> you know, hunting now. And and I wouldn't want to say anything or complain and and I think he didn't want to say anything and complain. <laughs> so we would just get after and that's how I learned. I mean, in my teens and in my early 20s, um, and then, like I said, fast forward to now, it's been the, the, the guys like Braden that I get to hunt with now. And, and, you know, we've hunted a little bit with, with Snyder and some of the other guys, but it's, I just, I'm, I feel blessed, man. The people that we have, that we have around this community in this area are top notch. So. Absolutely. I mean, this whole, as I was saying, this whole road trip was initially inspired by wanting to cruise out to Colorado and just, you know, it's been, I mean, I haven't been here I've been here a couple of times for like I'll fly into Denver and then like Pass be through. here for a day to to do something for work or whatever it is. But haven't really been here since I was a kid, and you know I've gotten the chance to meet some freaking amazing people in the industry, and half of them are out here. So I'm like, well, shoot, can't uh, can't think of a better place to. We end got up. A, we've got a pretty good uh, epicenter of, of bow hunting here. It's actually um, really nice. Uh, it's grown quite a bit in the last last five years or more but it's becoming very very popular and very very um front a front runner kind of sport around here so well and you guys at no limits are the antithesis of a lot of that so you need to pat yourselves on the back well you know, I, we can continue the love fest here because phil a lot of this is you're doing man so you no it, be proud it, of it. i appreciate that i i just i really kind of have to you know give the credit to the to the people that have continued to see some of the things how I wanted to see it and they've supported and, and got involved and got their hands dirty and, and joined in and 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 guys like Braden that man made a career change earlier this year to come work for us and and it's been it's something that we don't have all the answers man but we just we're not afraid of, of trying stuff and working hard you know so it's it's uh I, I would say that there's there's a, a handful of good hot spots in the west right where there's a good congregation of of just strong industry community people that that are looking to grow what we are and and I definitely would put you know this this front range kind of Denver up and down the front range in general um yeah. as as one of those hot spots I and you know I I'm just happy to be part of that community because it's it is there's there's a ton of great people around here so but you know I mean that's a good lead into to kind of my my history in in hunting and the outdoors if I grew up dad parents didn't hunt wasn't in the family kind of not not one of the things uh talked about it a little bit but i just had this pull for it you know i played sports so it'd be in football practice and my friends dads would be taking them out to go hunting and i'm like man that sounds i really want to do that really want to do that well fortunately and unfortunately i guess either way you look at it i was pretty good at football so i went to school and and, and played ball for a little bit and when that was over it's kind of like i need now, now I've got some money of my own. I can kind of do my own thing. Let's figure it out. And I went and bought a bow. And that was that, that was down the rabbit hole from there. 
eventually I was fortunate enough to meet, meet people like Phil and meet people, you know, along the way that have really a inspired me, b educated me, um, you know, and just taking me kind of under their wing to, to learn and, and, and grow. And I'm just thankful for those people because I think that's a lot of the stuff we run into is, is guys just looking for, you know, guys coming into the sport or getting new, new to the sport, looking for that information or looking for those people or that group to even grow with. So I, I was fortunate in that, that, that I got the opportunity to, to, to meet these people and, and be a part of it. And, like Phil said, I've I've kind of made it made it my life now, and and hope to see that grow and and, and don't don't let this guy me. sell you sell you short. A lot of the racks on the wall behind right. us. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can't see the people half listening. Half of them on the wall behind me are Braden. So I've been very fortunate. Done, I'm telling he, uh, you, I've just been very fortunate, man. Yeah, the video <laughs> of the uh, mule deer you shot last year was pretty amazing to watch. And uh, hopefully, if there's a way to link it or something, you gotta you gotta show that. It's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, if you can uh, if you if one of y'all can shoot me over that link, I'll definitely uh, put it up on the show notes page. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're here at No Limits. Um, where did where did the name No Limits come from? Why my why wife, No Limits? Man, my wife came up with the name. We were her and I were sitting out talking about it, and trust me, she was the hardest one I had to convince to to start this business because the pro shop I had shot at for a while started learning quite a bit there. Um, Bruce, the guy who used to own it, great guy, just, you know, smaller shop feel, definitely mom, mom pop type mentality and feel of the shop. And he decided he, he ran his shop for 13 years, I think. And he decided it's time to, you know, retire or sell. So he sold out. And then the, the new gentleman that purchased it, they just didn't have the same vibe, you know, not, I, I liked the guy. It wasn't anything against him, but it just didn't have the same vibe. Some people started to leave. And I just kind of said, you know what? It was during the downturn of the economy of all things too right 2008 2009 and and i just said you know what i got a few bucks put together i'm gonna give this a shot so her and i i convinced her (laughs) and and then we started talking about it. it's like well what are we going to call it so i'm throwing out all different names and and she says what about no limits and i said you know i like that i just you know i I, i've always kind of had that mentality since little i mean of that I don't want, not necessarily I want to prove you wrong, but throw an obstacle in front of me, and yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to figure it out, you know. So to have that, that as the, the, the kind of this, the, the main describing factor of the business, yeah, let's, you know, we need to try to run it that way. So she created the name, and yeah, I mean. No, Got to give her the credit Should for it. Should we go get her and put a headset on her? Yeah, no, she's, <laughs> she'd, she'd, she'd probably she'd probably give you some more dirt than anything. But <laughs> no, you definitely need to do that. <laughs> Phil Mendoza exposed. Right. Oh man, I tell you what. <laughs> well, she'd show up because she'd take my headphone because she'd be like, "Hey, I need you to do this, 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 this. Oh, yeah. is done. Where's this? She's the I got man it for yep. sure. She's the warden. She, she's the boss, man. <laughs> so." So, uh, in addition to uh, No Limits, you also uh, head up the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. Yep. Now, what exactly we talked? I think we mentioned it a little bit on the podcast, uh, the Fit for the Hunt podcast, right, Brian? We did. Yes. Um, so maybe uh, just from your perspective, give us the the elevator pitch of what is the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. So the challenge itself is a competition series that we. This is we're in our third year of running that event and. I, I competed at, in ASA archery for 
know, five, six years. And from an amateur, I worked my way up to the pro class. So I, I spent a lot of time learning that game and learning how to strategize and playing that game. I had also started playing uh, the, the Train to Hunt events around 2013. Really enjoyed that. It was much more Western-based. But there was still a lot that intimidated people in any type of archery event, right? It, the, the, the national level 3D stuff, it was intimidating to judge yardage. The big events, that big platform, a lot of people didn't like that. Trained to hunt, a lot of people I saw were trying it once, and there was a lot of things that, whether they weren't physically ready or they weren't shooting on par or it was just too intimidating. So as I'm thinking about it, I really liked adding the physical element to shooting from a pressure standpoint. So I said, we got to try to make a game that's more inclusive, that allows people to participate no matter what their fitness level or their shooting level and just make it fun. But it has to be formatted to where it's still going to be challenging, you know, to a certain extent or, or show you how that this can really help you in a high pressure situation. Well, people so, aren't going to be interested. If it's too easy, people aren't going to be interested. If it's correct. too hard, you're going to lose a lot of yeah. you're going to lose a lot of the wider appeal. Correct. And that's where the when we started the game and, and honestly, Braden and I and Aaron were when I was on my sheep hunt um, in, in 2000, was it 15? Yeah, 2015. Um we were sitting on the mountain and we were talking about just the different events and what would be cool if we tried this on an event and we tried that. And, and there was some great ideas and concepts that got thrown around. And at the end of the day, it was just one of those things. It's like, you know what? I'd like to try this, you know, and I've never been afraid to, to put myself out there and whether I lose money or I, I, I fail at it. If it's something that I really think it's, it's got a potential, I'm going to give it a shot. So we gave it a shot. We ran an event in 2016, the first event. Brian came on board uh, since the event went with us with, with the Fit for the Hunt, and we, th- we you know, kind of titled the throwdown and, and had a little work out there. And, and it was really good because the event itself is, I would say, 75-80% shooting, the, the, bow, the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge, and about 20-25% physical. I'm still very much, I, I like to get after it physically, and I know that a lot of the community did. So I said, well, let's, yeah, Brian's event is just that extra, that next level, right? Dial it up a little bit more. Challenge yourself a little bit more on the throwdown. The shooting element still kind of a little bit more uh, on the primary side of the, uh, on the alpha bow hunting challenge. But it, um, it just, the, the, like I said, the, the people, the community, the feedback, it was, it was great, man. It's just 3D based, hunting based, you know, shooting with the day pack, 25 pounds. I really feel that if you can't shoot your pack on or shoot shoot your bow with a 25 pound day pack, you probably not prep preparing <laughs> yourself for Western hunting very well. <laughs> and so we just tried to add as many elements that would be beneficial, but we got rid of the yardage judging. Everything was marked yard. There is a yardage judging or two station where you can judge for bonus points, but I really wanted to cater that type of event very much into what we started this year more so with our workshops to be uh, shooter choice, right? Not, not everybody's at the same accuracy capability. Not everybody's at the same physical capability. Um, people need to know their limitations but not accept them as their limitations. Know their capabilities but not accept them as their limitations. So we would have situations where you have a 33-yard target and a 50-yard target. And you get bonus points for the longer target, but you look and it's like, well, I know I can make the shot on the closer one. So I'm going to shoot the closer one. So really trying to get people to think about their effective range 
how to maximize strategy, you know, how to really play a game, have fun at it, but really, you know, test themselves. So there's a lot of different nuances of the game that um, a lot of people probably don't think about them in as adept as I do, but it was all in, in the, uh, the origination of the event really started from trying to make it more inclusive, trying to get rid of the elements that, did, that it, uh, intimidated people, and, and then get some shooting with, the, with your heart rate up a little bit, you know. So that's kind of what that, um, that's how it started, I guess, or what, what the, the reasoning for it was. So generally, how do you guys see this translating then into a hunting situation? Oh, directly. We, and it ties very well into to the seminars that, that Phil's developed, too, that we've been putting on. Um, it's kind of that alpha umbrella that, uh, of coaching and teaching of getting you as close to that situation as possible without being in it. Because really, you, you, you can't put yourself in there unless you're hunting. And we're pretty limited on that unless you're, you know, some of these guys that get to hunt year-round fortunate guys that, that i dream of being sometime but um so you got to put put all the aspects in, into place right like like judging yardage or in certain aspects or shooting with an elevated heart rate and you do it to a point where wait does your heart rate get elevated during hunting does that happen is that a thing occasionally occasionally it does but i mean not that i would know but <laughs> but being able to you know what does your pin look like when your heartbeat's going, whether it's from physical exertion or just an adrenaline dump or, this is going to sound really weird, but I was out here yesterday by myself shooting shooting 3Ds just to shoot and I was working on stalking techniques and that kind of thing and just from the tension of stalking gets your heart rate up because your muscles are being, your muscles are striving for oxygen because you've got them in awkward positions. That takes your heart beat to get that oxygen out. Well, that elevates your heart rate. What does your pin look like when your when your heart rate bumps up a little bit? Does it, it's not the same as standing in here in your flip-flops and, you know, just shooting at targets. Oh, this is nice, you know. I can shoot out to 80 yards and hit, a, hit an apple at 80 <laughs> yards. Well, when your, your heart rate's a little bit elevated, a little bit of pressure of any kind, that apple looks a lot smaller than it did, you know, at, at, at distances. So it, it ties directly into that. Um, but trying to find that balance between, you know, I don't want to say overdoing it, but just giving people at all levels a taste of what that's like, you know. So it's not the exact, it's not the first time that they've seen it when that bull elk comes walking out or there's that big muley or whatever it may be. It's not the first time they've seen their pin go from <laughs> to tip you know yeah. to nose you know they're like what's happening and you're like oh wait 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 i've never seen this before you know they they actually have some sort of reference for that you know yeah if i can if i if i could make the simulation of if anybody's had the, the leg tremble when they're standing on the side <laughs> still do right animal comes and you're sitting there in an awkward position all of a sudden the leg that usually in my case a couple of times that is ha- handling the primary the, the majority of the weight just starts to tremble and shake to where it seems like your whole body is convulsing <laughs> just because of of the nerves i mean you 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 sit and think about it stand on a hillside with no pressure you can stand there for a while and have no issues but you start to have that adrenaline and, and that that fatigue that starts to happen because of everything else that's going on and you like like Brandon said we we do the best we can to put you in as many situations that are going to simulate some way, shape, or form something you could experience in the field. But there's just no way to really duplicate it, you know. So to give people as much of a taste as we can, 
then it's perfect. In an ideal world, I would, and, and nobody would come to the event. Right? <laughs> but if, if I ran the event, and then the second, the 3D kind of qualifying round that we do, if I had everybody, I was the second portion of that, sit them down in a classroom setting and actually have them write down and quantify. Because that's what we'd really do in our workshops is help you quantify and organize situations and what you can experience. If I can sit them down and say, okay, target one was this, how do you feel you did? You know, write down your target two is this. How do you, what, what did you take from this target, right? M- maybe you shot it great, but okay. Target three was this, the, the, the distance judging or the, the target choice. You want to shoot the further one or the closer one. You, you chose to shoot the further one. You didn't shoot it as good. As, what did you take from that, right? A little bit higher pressure situation and you didn't shoot as good. So all those things, people really overlook um, the small details. And once you get all those small details figured out, then that's when you can really start to take steps forward in advance. Because, um, and, I, and I say it in our seminars all the time. I said, once I, once I started writing things down as a competitive archer and understanding and outlining and, and evaluating and evaluate, you know, reflect on it and then project to the next to the next practice session. It's like, I did this. I didn't do this so good. I need to work on that better next time. Okay, so then before I'd start the next practice session, I'd open up my shooting journal and I'd say, the last time I really needed to work on this, oh, I almost forgot about that. And I start working on that first. So then I start to do that, and it's like, well, all those things that you overlook and you forget and you get to an event or a, a hunt or something, it's like, man, I should have done. I should have worked on that more or I should have done this more. You, you don't have those regrets anymore or those second thoughts because if you structure things a certain way and you evaluate and, again, project what you need to do and you, you – and it's – I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's so much homework to shoot a bow and have fun and get ready for hunting. But, hey, man, you if you want to be successful in anything – We're going to call it a sport. Treat it like a sport. Yep. And there's – I mean, there's training methodologies in all sports. And, oh, yeah. and the structure to those training me- methodologies is the is – the baseline right yeah and that that's all that, that he's done is bring a structure to it for people to follow because people just come in and shoot and yeah. that's great shoot your bow but that structure if you don't have that you're not yeah. getting the full potential out of what you're doing and, and, and brian can attest on the, on the fitness totally side totally agree you know the, the fitness world is so much far advanced than than everything else right or then then like bow hunting for example right we're, we're look, looking at two different industries and but in fitness, why has CrossFit grown to the realms that it has? Why has powerlifting, you know, why has that been so big? It's an Olympic sport. You know, there's so many different uh, avenues into the fitness world that each one of them has its own structure and methodology and direction and platform to get you to the highest level. Bow hunting doesn't really have that, right? Archery, archery has structure and coaching from an uh, Olympic archery side and and then in the bow hunting world, it's kind of like we're left to fend for, figure it out, you know, on the fly. And if like, you know, we talk, if you don't have a, a dad or an uncle or a grandpa that, that really knows the right way to go about doing things and nobody, I wouldn't say the right way, a good way about going about things, then man, you're, it's, it's like, we're setting ourselves up for failure. You know, the, the industry itself. And this is one of like, one of my main kind of goals and focuses is, is that whole, you know, as a pro shop, I'll, we can set somebody up with a bow grate, you know, get them measured properly and set their pee pipe right and make sure the bow's not too overbowed for them and, and give them the kind of the basics. But then we don't see, we may not see them again, you know. 
And sometimes people come back around a lot or they'll partake in leagues and other things and shoot regularly and, and then ask questions, but not everybody does that. And then to think that, that those people are going to head out into the woods and they've never shot broadheads, they've never tuned broadheads, they've, they, they've never tuned their bow, you know. They don't, all those things that you overlook and they're like, ah, you know, my broadheads are hitting six inches left at 30 yards, I'll just hold off. Well, what you, those are too many things for you to think about <laughs> right. when you're in the woods. Truth, you're trying to think, trying to calculate. Bad that. news. Right. So the structure is really lacking, in my opinion, and that's what we've tried to do with some of the workshops and the seminars. And then I've created this whole online coaching platform that it's structured to take somebody that's we've got a level one, we've got an intro series, then it kind of progresses into the sec- second series, and then the third one, the third class, the building blocks, is kind of what we talked about with the big workshops we've been doing, which it gets more into quantifying your effective range, how, actually mapping it out, and then using math and using as much as we can your accuracy, the constants to figure it out, and then organizing into some methodology just to help you quickly remember um, certain scenarios and stuff. And it's just... At the end of the day, if you sit back and do a Cliff Notes version of it, to me it's very simple. I can explain it to somebody in three to five minutes. But if I don't take you two steps backwards and explain to you how I came to this and how we came to that, how you plug yourself into the next portion, and then you progress, then you're really not going to truly understand. If something is missing or you're, you need to fix something, you're not going to have the same knowledge base to say, I know how I can fix that now because I understood how we got there in the first place. So... It's been good, man. It's been fun. The whole the whole alpha umbrella with the, the events and the workshops, and then having the 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 facility here that we have at No Limits to be able to to teach people there. I wish this was my main job, man. I wish this was my full time <laughs> job because there's there's things that there's so many more things I'd like to do because I know that we're offering value to to a lot of customers. So it's just. Um, it's been it's been fun, man. So from the events to everything else, it's it's a uh, it's all it all has a purpose, I guess. You know what? Regarding Phil's comments too about the seminars, I've been bow hunting since I was twelve or eleven. We're not going to tell you how long that's been, but um, <laughs> and I took the day long seminar, and I can tell you, it was extremely eye opening. I mean, not that I thought I knew everything, but when you add into it. The kinetic energy upon impact, and you add into it the kill zone size of different game, and you add into it um, the range in which you are most constantly hitting the furthest out you can go within that same group that you need to be to hit that kill zone consistently 100% of the time, and then dialing that back to add in the hunting elements to go with it, the position of the game, um, the speed of your arrow, the thickness of your arrow, the cutability of your broadhead whether it's a wide cut or a skinny cut i mean there are so many factors that a lot of people may think of but 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 phil ties it all together and almost puts a bow around it and you could see in that class there were guys there that put animals down a lot guys there that haven't killed a thing and there were so many aha moments from people in that discussion about wow you know um, I know this is no limits, but they're teaching me what I should consider are my limits to stay ethical in my pursuit. Because, yeah, I can hit a bullseye at 60 yards uh, every three arrows. Well, that means 66% of the time you're wounding that animal, you're not killing it. So should you take right. that shot and do my, do I have the kinetics and the penetration uh, within my shot, my, my, my setup, to actually successfully harvest that animal or not? And so his education side of it was unbelievable, blew me away. 
And I mean, I would really highly recommend anybody take a chance to, to no, listen to I that. And I appreciate course. that, right? And and it's it's something that it's it's perspective, but at the same token, when you just when you when you put everything out on the table and you look at it for what it is, like you know, like Braden, Braden, you know, on the physical side, I've hunted with him. He he has no he has no limitations, right? We've hunted our tails off and and covered area and packed out. A, there there's no limitations there. And I'm not saying Braden has limitations on on the accuracy side, but it, because I will, <laughs> he's taken down relative, animals. Relative to, to his decision these making, guys. Or where he shoots animals might be in question. Like but pursuing the, them through the mountains of Mordor. Is the, that the, the things like yeah, the things like Bra- <laughs> I've learned. I, I learn. I try to learn from everybody I'm around because you, you never know everything. And you always got to be learning. And when Braden and I that that mule deer hunt that we've alluded to that's it's uh, we have on we've we filmed it and. And we have it up on YouTube on on the Alpha Bow Hunting Channel. The the process of thinking the the approach and the stock and how should we go about it and what should we do. It was awesome because I know my ways of how I would probably do something, and I watched somebody else do it successfully. And it's like, man, that you know, yeah, I probably would have done this, but I might have done this different and that different. Well, sh- man, he he just m- checked all the right boxes, right? Even when something there was a curveball thrown, same thing. You just made the right decision. So to have the calm demeanor and the understanding and the perspective is is what was important. Because like Braden tell you, when we were in the in the workshop talking about that hunt, it um, he had to make decisions on the fly. But he he's very uh, analytical with certain things as I am when we're talking. Because afterwards we'll sit and talk, right? Sure. I mean. You know how it is that the drive to hunt or the drive back from a hunt, sitting at you know the campfire at night or or even at a, at somebody's kitchen table. After we talked about the Dr. Peppers we wanted, because we really wanted yeah. Dr. Pepper for some reason <laughs> after that. But to, you sit and think about all that stuff, and as I'm starting to, my mind's working with how I can help other people understand that. I need guys like Braden and like Bo that can say, "Hey, well, yeah, we understand your framework." But maybe we should try to explain it this way. It's like, man, that's a great idea, right? Because that articulates this better. And then, and then we take his experience. Like, and then we've mentioned in, in the seminar, I, I take, I've got four or five good employees here that I learn from them as much as they learn from me. And I've taken from them their hunting experiences, and I sit there and I kind of mash them together. And then all the customers that come in and and tell us their success stories and their failure stories, and it's like. And I, I, I'm thinking, it's like, I'm listening as I, that's a great story. I, that, I, I'm sorry it didn't work, work out or that's great. It worked out, but I'm listening to the details of what they did and when they did it. And if it worked out, if it didn't work out and it's like, okay, there has to be a way to, you can't know everything, but there has to wait to, again, put everything out on the table and organize it as best you can. And then just try to help people understand that that basic framework that basic structure and it's so i, I heard it the other day on uh, i was listening to uh some a podcast somewhere and with shooting you know people practice and and their process you you know you mentioned the shot process and a lot of people that that follow some kind of a process that's okay and then you have somebody else that follows a very good itemized detailed structured process and then when both of those people need to somewhat go on autopilot, well, who's going to be the one that's more successful? The person that's very much more structured and, uh, you know, focused on what they're supposed to be doing. Because in that situation, in, a, in the moment of truth, in that high-pressure situation, yeah, I mean, you, you don't think things through. You don't, 
you you get distracted you get you know sometimes lost and if you don't if you don't have something that'll put you back into that moment of of clarity uh, that is structure and 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 then put you back in a uh, sequential order to get to be successful then Again, you go to the example of the person that doesn't have a very good structure, but he practices all the time. Well, guess what? In that hunting situation, your kind of scatterbrain method of practice is going to show itself out in the hunt. So that's what we're really trying to coach with with what is the alpha bow hunting kind of umbrella of of everything. And in the events is have some form, have some structure, have some discipline. So when you do get into those oh crap moments, and I don't want to say in a bad way, it's just... You got a 200-inch mule deer in front of you, and you don't know what to do or how to act. You hopefully have practiced and structured yourself well that you're, you know, as much, I, as, much as I hate to say autopilot, because I don't ever want somebody to, to feel like they're not in control. I, you're always in control. You're always one, one mental command, one verbal command, one thing that's going to put you back into a place of familiarity and direction. But in that event that you have a crappy system, you have a crappy autopilot that you're falling back on, you know, then, then you're in trouble. And that's where, like I said, I just trying to help people within that process. Like Brian has mentioned, just painting the whole picture as best we can, because we don't know everything. You know, there's the last methodology that we incorporate in our workshop is meant for variables. Because if you get to a situation that you, you still can't figure the situation out, you go th- use these three principles and start thinking about things, put yourself back into control or a place of familiarity. It's like, okay, that this is very similar to this. Okay, now I know where I should go, how I should proceed. So it's it's been fun, man. It's it's just like I said, I geek out on certain things, and I know a lot of the guys that work with me here do too. Yeah, we do. We'll spend hours down there geeking out with each other over five grains of arrow weight, you know, and arguing about it like, no, that's wrong. No, that's right. I like it like Wait, wait. Hunters you know, have differing opinions on arrow setups? And they both can be Gosh, right. Learning so much. And they yeah. both can be right. It's a crazy thing, you know what I mean? So, but, yeah, I mean, that goes a lot to say to, to, to the guys downstairs. The, the We've got an awesome group here that not only just, just – the educational portion or, or the, the informational portion to the customers, but educating them instead of just selling them, here's a bow, here's some arrows, go shoot, go have fun. It's here's how you, here's, here's a good starting point for you if you're just starting or, or here's what you, sh- I see that you may want to change or work on and you're, sh- you know, those types of things. So that, that really, I think goes a long way for the shop and then continues on in that, in that alpha, in that alpha realm. So, well, and I've heard Phil talk about the fact that, like you said earlier, it's easy to come in and fit someone for a bow and send them on their way. Yeah. But he's really taking it to the next level, Sam. And, and that level is, now where do I go from here? Now that I have this thousand dollar piece of equipment or more, and or thousand, they're five hundred dollar arrows, whatever. And the alpha uh, seminars do really start from day one, week one. If you're a beginner, um, and so if you are a beginner and you are looking to get into this and or at least get a decent base of knowledge, you know I highly recommend his first his beginners seminar number one because. It really, he really is going the extra yard, taking the extra step with shooters, and not just sending them on their way and just turning sales out, um, and just trying to create that baseline that other sporting events and/or sports have. As a beginner, where do I begin? Let me practice this, then move on and practice this, and move on and practice this. So he is treating it like a sport, and he's he's actually added an element of consistency to it 
for the beginner to start with. And so you asked in the beginning of the conversation, um, you know, I come at this from a, I don't know anything kind of situation. If I'm new, what, what do I do? Well, I mean, Phil has created the platform for that. And there's not very many that I know of in this industry or shops in this industry that have taken it to that next step. No. He's, he's actually creating a paradigm shift, in my opinion, in this industry by there's, establishing what he's done. Yeah, and, and there's, some great, there's some great resources out there um, from, a, from an educational standpoint. But... You know, and, and you know, and I've mentioned it before. Guys that I've I I listen to their podcast or have, have consumed some of their information, and how I go about teaching something may not be just exactly how they do. But the thing that that I see a lot of other people doing, and and even not don't don't take this wrong wrong way, right? Podcasts or YouTube videos and that kind of stuff are almost like a shotgun blast of information. Yep. Right? And if you if you don't know how to take it and organize it. And, and almost compartmentalize it or structure it to where it's like, I need this and this piece and this piece and this piece to help me here, you know, as I'm starting with my equipment. Okay. And then you get into the, what, what about my shot, my form and my foundation, my, my shot sequence. Okay. Well, I need this. And so what I've, what I've just done is just that it's a, our, our, our 1.0 structure is, is very basic. It's equipment information. It's, it's, it's showing you how it mounts on a bow, showing you what some of the features are and, and it's all my opinion, you know. It's it's some of these things are from manufacturers also saying this is what why this is here, this is why that's there. But it's kind of our our uh, mental um, no, it, it's kind of our description, I would say, as to some of the things that we sell, some of the things on the market. And then at the end of that first course, after you understand the terminology and why certain pieces are there. I start with a basic shot sequence. It's not the same shot sequence as you're going to see a, a, a on the USA Archery, kind of the uh, their Olympic level recruit. I, I I like that process, and there's some things that 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 actually um, align with what we're talking about. But from a bow hunting, I try to simplify shot sequence for bow hunters because you start talking about transfer load and and different things that that this the USA archery coaches. A bow hunter is going to look at that and be like, what? What's that? Right? So if they start understanding structure and we give them a simple process to follow and they start ingraining themselves in that, for them to take the next step, and everything we coach is take the, take the next step, always look to take the next step. And you say, okay, now I want to learn what this next process is of USA archery and how can I just ingrain one or two of their steps into my sequence and maybe get myself better aligned from a body standpoint or a shot execution standpoint. So I'm actually going to load another video in, in the second portion of our, of our online courses that articulates the difference between our shot sequence and USA Archery because if you look at what is the really the only coaching structure out there, it's USA Archery from a certification and a coaching standpoint. And, and those of the, the people that have been through that, that coaching uh, structure understand that. And I'm not trying to not align myself with that but i'm just trying to take the target world and take the bow hunting world and kind of mesh them in between if that makes sense because you need to look at the target archer from an accuracy standpoint and a technical standpoint but how it applies and is it is it practical for a bow hunting perspective not everything is so i try to just take a real world approach and common sense approach as to this is your shot sequence this is why it's important this is how you should ingrain it and then the progression of that gets into you know using a tension release, a hinge release, you know, target panic, some of the other things. But I've just structured it so I can 
So when you start seeing the, the shotgun blast of information from podcasts and other uh, other resources, John Dudley or George Riles and some of these high-level coaches that are great, but if you don't have that foundation and that, that, that framework to understand, well, man, my, the way that I'm, you know, that I'm executing my shot with my, you know, my, my, my draw arm and my release position and how I'm actually rotating my elbow. If you don't, if they're trying to coach that and you're, again, your, your, your framework sucks, you're trying to band-aid a problem. And, and so many bow hunters, in my opinion, need to take a step back. Not, not from a, hey, you suck. No, it's just understand wh- why cer- certain things are there. Take a step back, learn it, and then move forward. And I guarantee you'll be able to take a step or two steps more quicker or further if, you're, if your framework and your, your general baseline information standard is good. Well, it's like, I mean, we get a lot of guys that come in here and, you know, shooting a, a pull-through or a hinge. You're like, I saw this on the internet, and I shoot one, and then you see him shoot, and you're like, well, your stance isn't right. You're, you're, your draw your hitch and your long. draw, draw yep. length's too long. They have all these foundational things, but they they're, they got this, this release that's supposed to fix everything. supposed to fix everything, yeah. right? And <laughs> and it's like, whoa, 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 let's, let's, back, let's back up a second, you know? And just it's like, like the anti-slice golf club, right? Well, it's, it's, like you, it's like you in the fitness world. It's like the guy who, who you hand him a barbell and you say, hey, go do this very technical movement. Go do a snatch, right. you know? Right. And he's like, I can't. My snatch won't go up anymore. Well... You're limited because your foundation is right. not right. That's a good point. So let's take it back to the PVC pipe. Let's take it back to to get your draw length right. Let's take it back to get you in a blind bill. Don't worry about the target in front of you. Let's let's teach you how to execute a shot correctly again. Then we can build from there. And that ceiling doesn't exist anymore. That ceiling is gone. If they're disciplined enough to get it right in the foundation, that ceiling is no longer there. So if somebody was going to come in for... Uh, the series, of course, is here in the shop. What's uh, what's kind of the the span of time that those uh, take place? So in? we we've done it a couple ways to where we have like fifty five fifty fifty five minute hour long basically workshops, and to to break it down into that time frame, you know the the one course, which is very much the the beginner. This is a quiver. This is a rest. This is a dropway rest. This is a limb driven drop dropway rest. This is a driver sight. You know, explaining the again the the details of equipment, why they're there, and then getting into the shot sequence. I do that cl- class in house for free, usually a couple times a month, and I've I've created that class for free. That's Building Blocks 1.0 is what we do at No Limits Archery, because again the customers that come in here, I don't ever want them to walk out the door feeling like. Well, I don't. I didn't really understand this, or I didn't. You know, they put this on my bow, but I really don't know why it's there. Okay, so we offer that class for free. So whether we sold you something or you bought it somewhere else, come in, ask questions, learn that, that basic kind of the basic principles and terminology, and then the 2.0 course gets into uh, the progression of of what is shot sequence, anchor points, release selection, um, release settings peep sight understanding your peep sight and the process within the within the aiming the sequential process that should be what are you doing while you're aiming that's kind of the second portion the building box 2.0 and then the 3.0 gets into your tension your hinge releases and that kind of thing online i've kind of congested it to i just have two courses that incorporate kind of the three um because it's just it i I, i'm it was easier from an in-house person as we're doing hands-on workshops. I had to kind of limit it to out one hour workshops. So the online courses are, um, you can kind of see the, the videos that are on there, but the 1.0, 
um, incorporates a little bit more on the online than it does in-house just because I, I don't have a time limitation on, on the online stuff. So that's kind of how it starts. Once you get past the 1.0, 2.0, um, that's when we get into what's the online course that is the, the alpha bow hunting system that is the, the building blocks 3.0 is what we call it online. And that's what gets more in, into really honing your effective range, quantifying your effective range, right? That it's not just an accuracy thing. It's got to be an accuracy plus an energy plus a understanding your hunting style. So once you understand those m- multiple components and you, you spit out what is your effective range, then we actually break it down from there further and start showing you how to put certain hunting scenarios within each cluster to know you were essentially building a playbook for you to, to know green light, red light when you head out into the woods. Yeah, this is in my green light. This, this, this situation f- falls into this category. It's a go. So you've if, already made the decision before you exactly. step get to the, the before you get to the situation. Yep. You've already made that decision whether or not you're going to take that shot. So it removes that panic decision making when when you're there. We're eliminating maybe is really yep. is really the ultimate goal. We're eliminating your maybe. Maybe creates problems. And, and once you know it's a green light, then you're on. There's no question. <laughs> you commit to yeah. it, and, 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 and you're you full know, for and, full bore. Well, it adds to the process down, and you're prepared yeah. for that. So. Yeah, and, and there's with animals. That's like I said, the last portion of. So that's kind of the the major port of portion of it. But at the end, we we introduce one more kind of methodology that, in that event where maybe you've gotten to a spot where you think this is green light, and all of a sudden the animal moves or turns, walks away, and things start to be fluid. Right, everything in a hunting situation is usually a fluid. So there's one more methodology we coach at the end that starts to talk about the variables. And in that event, to where hopefully it's one thing that you go into this methodology and it kicks you back into your framework of green light, red light. If not, you go to the second progression. Is that enough to kick you back into green light, red light? Okay, maybe not. Maybe you go all the way to the third progression and every one of those things is pointing you back to all the stuff that you've just worked on ahead of time. Because like anything else, you're like Braden mentioned, you know, you're not going to go from never having done a snatch in a workout to going to an, a competition where you're going to test a max on your snatch or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, you're not going to do that. So why do we do that in the woods? You know, why it, that's the, th- and I'm, I'm, I'm not the, you know, I, I'm not the best hunter out there. I've missed, I've wounded animals. I've, I've had situations where I was ready to cut the bowstring on my bow. Okay. It's, it's gotten that bad for me over the years, not the last few years as I've started to really self-discipline myself more and and start to f- hone in what is this structure that we're working on those those moments of regret and and why did i do this or i should have done that those have started to go away you know and it's been very much more you know i passed on that animal i got to where i wanted to but i decided to pass because he wasn't big enough or i passed on that animal because whatever you know i mean i've i've really got more into whitetail hunting whitetail you're in a controlled situation from a from a shooting standpoint but the, the variables of animals moving around and the types of animals that are moving around, I really enjoy that. But I could have tagged out on a whitetail buck every year that I've been out hunting. And I haven't because I'm enjoying being there. I'm enjoying everything else around it. And, and, and I'm, I wouldn't call myself a trophy hunter, but I'm just trying to shoot a, a little bit more mature animal. So it applies to everything, you know, even in the, white, even in the whitetail woods. I say that it's, our system is very much applicable for Western hunting, but... There's still certain things you put in that type of playbook that you're creating for yourself that falls for any type of hunting. Well, well I think one thing is really important, if I may, 
to hear what Phil just said. I mean, that's coming from a man who's shot professionally, who's a pillar in this industry, who has just admitted there's been times when he's thought about cutting his bowstring. So, I mean, it that level of practice and that level of frustration, if he experiences it, I guarantee you, <laughs> other people or the majority of other people oh, yeah. are going are absolutely going to experience it because I've seen him shoot. I know he pounds at least a hundred arrows a day every day before the season starts or more, and you know he's shot thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah. arrows. So the point is for him to admit that. I mean that should open the eyes of the the amateur or the novice, like wide eyed and just ready to just absorb what he has to say. You know? Well, one thing and, and to to not to argue with your comment by any means but one thing i do want to point out with with what you said though shooting a bunch of arrows is it's not practice that makes perfect it's perfect practice so there's a hundred arrows a day do you do you better than a hundred moderate medium whatever mediocre arrows a day versus 50 25 or 50 really really good structured practice arrows what does you better right and that's what i think a lot of people especially new guys getting into it. But I think a lot of people in general don't understand. They just want to go out and shoot arrows, which is fine. It's feeling your bow. It's getting a feel for your bow. It's understanding your bow. But if you're not if you're not putting that some structure to that, you're not going to be the best you can be. It's like September. swinging a golf club incorrectly a thousand times. Sure. You're just going to get worse and worse and worse because you're not doing the right Or you thing go right. back to the snatch. Exactly. You know, you do a thousand <laughs> snatches and right. a thousand snatches wrong. In my case, you don't correct, you don't correct anything. Right. It just creates just bad, habits, more bad habits. You just exacerbate more bad habits and then injure habits. yourself or whatever. And, right? and even to, to, to take it again one step further from, you know, the years that I spent trying to play competitive archery right I, I, i'd say trying because even though i earned into the pro class man i got my butt handed to me the, the the times i was shot there and it was it was great because i got to shoot with some of the best shooters in the world and i truly believe that the guys that can judge yardage and make a shot which are the the pro division of the unmarked shooters in a, in a 3d type of uh, event are the, are some of the best archers in the world because not only do they have to keep their mental game on point after they've judged the animal then they have to make that shot and hit that bonus ring. But anyway, to, to go back, I started to, again, I once I started to write everything down, and even in my hunting situations, I'd write down, blown stock, this is what happened. I mean, I sat there on my sheep hunt after I had a couple bad situations happen, and I'm writing it down. I'm at night with my headlamp on writing in my little journal. And when I started to understand that, and I started to kind of really build and outline the framework of what we're talking about here, I started looking, I was like, man, I shot, of the last 10 animals I shot, eight of them were from, I was sitting or I was kneeling. I only shot standing at two animals. And how do we practice most of the time, right? We practice standing Standing, up. perfect stand. Yeah. Like Lobs, no way. If the wind blows, we come back inside. Like, I'm going to go back inside, <laughs> you, you know? It's like, man, I'm shooting, a, I'm shooting a 34. This is a kite. <laughs> and, and you just think what is, in any way, I mean, my perspective of, of Western hunting is you're on the ground trying to get as intimate as you can with those animals and we're taking and we're allowing technology to again band-aid that level of intimacy that we need to try to, that we enjoy you know i would much rather take a 20 30 yard shot than a 60 or 70 yard shot all day long you know but that breaking the ground uh, breaking uh, shortening the distance getting into that intimate zone um it we're starting to lose it a little bit because of the everything i guess it's just the the, the evolution of of equipment and technology being it's, able it's to great. shoot 100 yards you actually lose a lot of the experience right. yeah. of stalking in on the animal right. sure 
being in close and seeing that and the, just the practice and, and difficulty and everything associated with that. And that's my game. I like to get close, man. I like to be <laughs> I like to be right there with them. A because I I'm not as good a shooter as some of these guys. B because I just that, he shoots the ball pretty well though. Don't don't let that, him fool you. That's the, the that's what I, that's what I, I I like that challenge to it. And, and actually I think I'm pretty good at it. I'm good at picking stocking routes. I'm good at at, at making those moves and, and getting there and that that becomes the ultimate challenge to me is getting as close as possible and then taking that animal, you know. So and and just understanding how to take it again one step further that you know you can measure yourself standing in perfect situations but as you start to, and we really emphasize testing yourself within multiple scenarios. I mean, we, we, we have a whole section of the all-day workshop that we do where we take you outside and we test you. We're not even testing you at your max, you know. We're testing you at two-thirds of your max and still holding you to the fire to measure yourself <laughs> according to that vital size that you should be holding for. And that's where, to me, like to add on what Braden said, I spent years where it was, yeah, I mean... To, to say that I, I didn't shoot a thousand arrows some week, I, I would do that regularly. Just, again, repetition, repetition, repetition. I was up in the morning, early shooting. I was after work, I'd go out and shoot. And it was, it was with that end goal of mine for tournament archery. It helped me as a hunter. But as a hunter, I started to get better when I started to cut down the arrows a little bit. But I, I would sit there and I'd work the kneeling shots. I'd work the, you know, the odd footing shots. I'd really, I'd sit in my, I'd put a chair out there and I would just sit at max and shoot at max distance in a chair to say, and I would test, I would, I would scrutinize myself to the same degree that I would be standing that, that I am sitting. Because if, if you don't, you, you need to, as hunters, again, just self-regulate. You need to be ethical. You need to have the right mental uh, capacity to to discipline yourself, but at the same token, you know, with social media and everything is that the, the internet allows us, as as much good as it can do, it can do just as much bad, if not worse. So we just really need to understand that there's a lot of people out there that don't want people hunting, you know. <laughs> and if we give them more fuel for that fire, it's, it's bad news. So I, I'm just in the standpoint of perspective consider this perspective consider this structure this is how we get there this is why we get there and you know if somebody wants to adopt half of what we coach great if they want to adopt 90 percent of what we coach even better if somebody wants to just sit and look at it and say yeah i appreciate that perspective but i want to go about it my own way i guarantee you after having them sat and listened to our perspective and all the reasons why we get to where we're getting even though they may not want to follow all of the methodologies we we do, they're going to at least know that they have to implement something. So, and up to this point, a lot of people just still they shoot from the hip, you know. So, and those are some of the same people that argue that, about it being a sport and this and that. Mm-hmm. And my whole perspective is, if you're going to call it a sport, treat it like a sport. Well, train like a train like a sport. Train like an athlete. It comes uh, down to this for me. You know, I, you're spending. Whatever. Say you're starting out. You know you're spending six hundred bucks on a on a bow, seven hundred bucks on a bow. Mm-hmm. You know you want to go hunting. You know so you're you're spending money on a hunting license. You're spending money on tags. You're spending money on gear. You're spending money on all of this so you can achieve this goal, regardless of whether you call it a sport or whatever you call it. We're all going out. You know. Okay. You know you can say it's for conservation. Say it. We're all going out. We want to kill an animal. You know, regardless line, of the right? experience, we want to kill an animal. And 
Not the wall. It really. <laughs> not sure if you all just heard that, but uh, sounds like a shot I would make. Um, <laughs> At least there was an arrow in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give sorry, it. Sorry, I'm gonna give, give it me one. Two or three years before I start to live that down. Um, uh, hey, at least you did it to your own bow. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, so you invest all of this time and money and effort into this end result, but you're not willing to invest a little bit of, of money and time into yourself to probably do the thing that will make you more successful than anything else. It's amazing. I mean, and I'm guilty of it too. And, you know, once again, I'm new to this and I kind of came in in a weird way and I'm just learning that this, these resources are available. Um, cause I kind of went out and I, you know, I shot as a kid, I knew the basics of it and, um, like, okay, consistent anchor point, this and that. I've shot a lot of rifles. So I knew some of the, some of the stuff, it wasn't too foreign, but I just didn't know these resources existed. So I just kind of went out and did my own thing, but, um, taking some extra time and money to invest. Well, I mean, if you look at, if you consider killing an animal being success, then it will save you a whole lot of money on tags later that go un, unfilled. Um, and People well, underestimate the amount of they, that they invest, too. I mean, not to cut you off there, but it's okay. like you mentioned the equipment, right? You mentioned your bow. You mentioned your camo. You mentioned whatever. What about all the time away from your family? Mm-hmm. What about the time off of work? You know, and, and, and even if, if there's some single people out there that don't have, you know, kids or whatever, the husband's wife, that's great. Back that out of the equation. But at the same token, when you say, I'm going to spend, I'm going to take five or seven days off of work this upcoming season or 10 days, whatever the case is, to go hunt. How much more money is that putting in your pocket if you're <laughs> at work? And some yep. people that can take paid vacation, I understand, but there's so much money that you invest. And, and you know, and I'll, I mean, I charge 150 bucks for the all-day workshop, you know. And to think in, in this market, in this, in this area of bow hunting and, and, and archery in general, I've, I've been to quite a few um, smaller seminars and I've been to quite a few workshops and I've, I've actually been through the USA Archery Certification Level 1 and 2 twice now. You know, I, I reserted just, just recently to learn the, the newer information. What I learned in 2008 was not the same as what I learned now, you know, last a couple months ago that we retook it. So... The, the the time investment and always continue to try to learn something, like I said, is super valuable. I mean, it's it's a drop in the bucket when you when you think about it. Because like and one of the main goals of our course is if I can help you create that aha moment, right? If 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 you can discover one of them or a couple of them to where you get out into the woods and it just makes sense. It's like, oh I know what to do here or I know why I should do this here now. Is that not worth it? You know, is that in itself not worth it Absolutely. for most people? Yeah. And, and to think that you may have just spent two or three or five grand, or maybe you hired an outfitter and you're 10 grand into it now. <laughs> and to think that, you know, 100 or 200 bucks for some coaching isn't worth it. Man, I tell you what, I, I if I had this type of course and resource available 17, 18 years ago, whatever, when I started, I'd have might have, I might have taken it multiple times because of... I was looking for, I mean, and, and just like so many people, you get started, uh, archery and bow hunting is so addicting, man. I mean, it's, it's, such, it's such a great activity, if nothing else, yeah. right? And just the, the, the constant just wanting to hit the center of that target, hit the center of that target, and trying to figure out as much as you can. And I, uh, hunting videos, magazines, I mean, some of the stuff that I was, I'd go back and I, I j- actually just cleaned out my bed. I went through some of the stuff that I, that I had saved, 
and it was not good information. <laughs> it was not. It was. It was entertainment, and it was great for for that token. I I enjoyed a lot of it. But if I can help somebody speed up their learning curve a little bit, there's no magic pill for anything. It's it, there's a lot of time and hard work you need to put in anything you want to do good at. But somebody who's newer that didn't have a dad or didn't have an uncle or doesn't have a, a big brother or somebody to kind of coach them along the way. Instead of you spending the next four, five, six years figuring stuff out the hard way yourself, spend some time and maybe over the next couple of years, you're going to acquire the same skill base and, and you know experiences because it's guided now. It's 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 speaking of the bit. money. I mean, the money in those additional years that I spent. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through. I, I'm one of those guys that no kids, no wife. Basement's filled with hunting stuff, and I've gone through that, and I'm like... Ladies, will post up his uh, Instagram <laughs> yep, handle free. coming up soon. If you, uh, if you enjoy uh, wild game meat. Uh. <laughs> you can cook it. You can come over. Um, but the money I spent on trinkets and this will help solve your problems, or this is going to be the next thing, or this is this is this, the money I spent on just that over the years is far exceeds any money I could have spent on on education you know and having this resource and having something like that it's and from a student perspective uh with regard to phil's courses don't get intimidated man they are very simple to follow very easy to understand it's very situational based and it uh you don't have to learn algebra or trigonometry or anything <laughs> along those lines. It's it's nothing like that. Don't get don't get intimidated. It well, is, and they all build on each other, right? And they yes. do, yeah. It's step You're by not step. Jumping into the full crazy, you know, the kinetic step. energy of a four hundred fifty grain arrow and this and that. It's all it's all spoon fed to you, man. Yeah, somebody could jump into the higher course if they just wanted to start there, but it really paints a better picture when you start at step one if and, and maybe somebody doesn't have to have to start at step one maybe they got to start at step two but you know it's um it, it very much the one series kind of leads into the next series and then the next series kind of leads into the third and then and then the the fourth part of the pyramid is of the coaching structure gets like brian mentioned it's very much situational based but it's based off what you're working on within that playbook that you've created in the third course to, to apply right test and apply why we should be working on it we should be discovering before we head out in the field what we should be doing again there's always variables but you need to have as much scripted and as much practiced before you step foot in the woods <laughs> as you can because there is so many variables that are going to get thrown out to you i think the biggest one for me phil was was pretty eye-opening when i i learned based on my setup and my poundage and my kinetic energy and the, the aerospeed and everything that I'm, that I'm carrying, what my yardage reduction is across the board from about 35 degree angles and lower. Because um, I'm 20 yards, le- I have to aim tw- with my 20 yard less pin at a, at a 30 degree angle shot or bigger. I mean, it, oh, are you referring to like a cut chart and stuff? Yeah, right? cut yeah. chart. And, and yeah, I mean, so. that, that was pretty eye opening. It never dawned on me, all right, it's a 40 yard shot uphill. At a 30 degree, I got to shoot my 20 yard pin. Yeah, I mean that's crazy to it, me, and it was like, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, and that's that's something that actually in the, in the 4.0. So the 4.0 course, what I've what I did is with the first three workshops that we've done with the in-house workshops, the all-day workshops. Um, I allowed some of the, well, I opened it for all the the students that come in to sign up for like the progression, but it's the hands-on workshop and the building of the 
the 4.0 courses. So one of the courses that we're actually going to be talking about next in the next uh, webinar that, that comes up on that series is is shot angles, cut charts, how they apply, how they fit into your shot scenarios. Because, again, my sheet punt was something that was eye-opening to me. And I spent years shooting tournament archery. And to have walk up on a situation, and granted, it was far distance and it was an extreme angle. And to, to, to sit there and, and have that animal's face in the grass feeding and he's broadside, but he's like 42, 43 degrees on a downhill slope. And I shot four, six inches over his back. You know, and it's because the the math formula that a rangefinder uses does not take into account all the variables that a shooter brings in. That is a it is an arrow that does not shoot perfectly straight. It has a it has a trajectory. You know, and and how you plug yourself into a a, a cut chart and how it how it you know leans over to a, a rangefinder and where that percentage of error starts to get too great to where you can't trust it anymore. And I don't know the exact lineation for everybody but i can tell you more or less when you start looking at it and where and, and if you're a person that's like i'm never going to shoot anything steeper than 25 30 degrees and, and anything outside of 45 yards trust your rangefinder you're going to be within that margin of error you're going to be good but you start talking about shooting at like you know the hunt that Braden and i went on or the sheep hunt you start getting into these, these shot scenarios where you might very realistically take a 60 to 80 yard shot if it's in your effective range at, a, at an angle that's 35 to 45 degrees uphill or downhill, that rangefinder is not going to give you the exact number you should be shooting at in angle mode. It's it's flawed because of it's using a math for, formula that's based off constants and zero variables. Trajectory is, is just that. Trajectory is a series of variables that your arrow is, you know. <laughs> and everybody's mass weight of arrow and their draw length and, and, and how things you know, are, are projected is not the same from person to person. <laughs> so to think that there's just a, a quick way to, to quantify that it's, it's, it's tough. So you need to know what the tools that are out there and how they apply and how you can use them to, to be accurate. So, uh, you know, obviously for those that are local, it's fairly easy to come in, sign up for, sign up for the course, whatever they say, somebody like myself from out of state, you know, okay, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I can I can fly in once for one of the course one of the courses something like that. What would be a good option? I know you, you were saying you have some online options as well. What would maybe be a good breakdown for someone fairly new to hunting that wants to get the most, but obviously maybe limited with how often they can fly into Denver? And, and this is something that I, I so the that's why I created the online courses because I do when I was traveling all out you know mostly on the east to shoot ASAs and traveling quite I I traveled to quite a few uh, train to hunt events and the community there I mean I would get phone calls and emails and and Facebook messages as to hey what what did you do here what did you do there and it's because I took the target world and I played in a bow hunting game and it was the right combination to show people I mean, I'd walk to a train-to-hunt event, and the very first one we did, I, I think I, I mean, I shot 20 or 30 points higher than the next person. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, a close stack. It was, and I'm not trying to say that from an arrogant standpoint, but people weren't really, they didn't know how to relate the two worlds together. So to, to back up to the, to the courses, the 1.0 and the 2.0 online courses, that's why I created those, because those, those friends that I met and those acquaintances from these events, um, 
I had a lot of questions, and I, I actually did quite a bit of uh, online coaching with people via Skype for years, and and then I kind of let that go as I really started to, to work on this because I can I, I can do the work once here and I can put it out to a bunch of people. So the 1.0 is like again it's it's very basic. 2.0 is gets into more release execution, understanding shot sequence a little bit better, target panic, um, practice settings. If you really want to learn what is the the bread and butter of kind of building what we're calling your system, um, it's the three point. It's, it's the online course. It's the three That's our all day workshop offering. We take kind of that three and it's it's. If you go to alphabowhunting.com, you can see our alpha coaching pyramid, and you can kind of see how they're uh, laid out. Um, right now, I haven't opened up our next all day workshop date yet, just because of the busy summer with our events. Weekends are super tough for for summer anyway, so I'm considering I, I may do like a Thursday, Friday, or a Friday, Saturday evening type event. The next one I do, um, but so that that would be one if people are considering coming in for it. Look at look at that. It's 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 the only all day workshop we offer. It's it's just called the all day the all day workshop, the Alpha Bow Hunting Way. But you can also get that course online. Um, when what you think you think this episode will probably go up. In a week or two, or uh, probably about three weeks. Okay, so uh, by that time, I have a I have an offer that I'm going to be throwing up actually. So I, I wrote a a short booklet called Targeting Buck Fever, and it's it's some story based. It's kind of some uh, introduction as to how I got to where I'm at now, as far as some of my again some of my stories, some of my competitive um, days. But I'm going to be running a, a promo offer that I'm going to give people the book for free if they pay the shipping. Okay, so if they go to alphabowhunting.com on the main on the home page, by that time it's going to be up. They can click on that link, and they're going to at least if they if they're not sure they want to kind of get a taste. Well, man, pay seven bucks I think is whatever we're charging for shipping and handling. Get get the book for free, you know, and 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 learn a little bit as far as some of the way that I that I go about articulating things. And if they like that, then get into some of the video courses because the video courses are there on there as well. Um, but yeah, the, the that's kind of how we have it structured right now. Moving into next year, Braden and I have already talked about doing some more. Once people have kind of worked through the pyramid, just like anything, sometimes there's questions. Sometimes people want a little bit more hands-on. We're going to be working with. There's going to be a, probably a select few coaches that we're going to be doing some more Skype via Skype one-on-one stuff. But it's, it's going to be very much coaching the the, the structure that we have. It's going to be based off helping you work yourself through the pyramid, work your system, work your playbook, and then to give you some personal training kind of kind of methodology yeah. behind it. So That's it. So we're going to be incorporating that probably winter to, to first part of next year with that. So that's going to kind of be the progression of the coaching structure. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, um, it's outlined on alphabowhunting.com. Uh, like I said, you can get all the courses online, or you can you can dabble if you want to. But that's kind of how the framework is. It's the so say if like I wanted to come in and, and like have the experience of being here and, and like in person, maybe do you know one point two online and yeah. come in for that three point oh hands on. That'd be that, that. We actually had people from South Carolina. We had people from New Mexico. Uh, I had people Wyoming. from Wyoming. I think there was somebody from Arizona that came to one of the events, one of the workshops. So we've had people traveling in already. Wisconsin. Yep. You know, we had Wisconsin. So there, there's been quite a few people travel for the uh, for the workshops. But that that's probably the best way, yes, to, to, to simplify that. One and 2.0 online is, is easy um, to, to understand and then as you come into the event, we just ask that you're sighted in with, you know, as best you can be. Hopefully you're, you're dialed in. 
it may or may not be the hunting setup you're looking to hunt in the woods with depending on the time of year we hope you're as close to that as you can be because we like i said we, we really tried to, to measure you and quantify things and lay it out for you to understand okay i can get better directly in this category by doing this i can get better in that category by doing that but you really don't know unless you put everything all together and you lay it out so that's kind of what the the all-day workshop gets really into i really like it, it's funny, you know, as, as we've been talking, you know, I've been thinking about just the, the alpha, the challenge, as well as the courses. And, you know, you look at a lot of these other events and these other challenges and their, their fitness events. You know, you look at these, um, these other courses and their archery courses. But these are very much like the, the challenge. It's a, it's a hunting event sure. it's that, that touches on fitness. It's not a fitness event. Right. Uh, the courses, they're, they're not archery. They're, they're really come down to, hunting courses because it's like you like you said you know you took that uh, that important uh that important tidbits from the the sort of olympic archery style and and you combine that with what's going to be useful to hunters and i really think that's what it comes down to and what is most valuable and what makes uh you know i guess the alpha system is Mm -hmm. what you're calling it but Uh, i mean look at look at the game the the game in general you know the like he said before hunters really didn't have a structure right in the past never had a structure never had this is he, what my grandpa taught me exactly this is what i'm going to do he was one of the guys that, that <laughs> and a lot of the stuff That's good man. <laughs> and a lot alter of st- ego for social media i think you found one a lot of the I stuff think we know we your do alter ego is 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 art as as bow hunters what i noticed what we started to do was we started to take tidbits we started to take things from the target side. Mm-hmm. Hey, long stabilizers. Hey, hinges. He's been doing this for years. He, him. Some, there's, there's guys that have been ahead of that game for for years, taking the accuracy and, and some of those those primal or the primary things from that target side, and then applying them to the bow hunting side. And now look at it. Everybody's got longer stabilizers. They used to run around with those six-inch rubber things on their bows. Now everything's got a longer stabilizer for stability because it helps, because it's it works. A lot more guys are out there hunting with hinges, which back, I remember when they told you, never hunt with a hinge, you oh, know, man. and that's all he hunts with, you know, him, bow, you know, these guys going to back tension, different releases and, and different things. We're, we're playing off of that in, in this world now, but now we want to take that and create a structure with with that combination of things. So we will have a structure as bow hunters to, to fall back on and not just go, well, the archery guys do it. I mean, we have ultimately we have a similar goal to hit the spot. Their spot's a little bit tighter than you know our spot, but our spot is still 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 got to hit the spot, right? So yeah. using some of those and then making them work. I mean. That's what it's all about. It's just getting better. So this one, I think this one will be a, a bit of a long series of questions. So to find Alpha online, where the, where are people looking? Yeah, so alphabowhunting.com is is a website. And right now that's where all the, uh, the event information as well as the coaching information. Basically what happened was when I started doing Train to Hunt years ago, and I, I mentioned a lot, of, a lot of friends that I met in the community was great because – I was a competitor, but quickly a lot of people started. And then I, I owned the shop at that point, and I was competing nationally. So a lot of people started to immediately look to me for advice or questions within whether, hey, man, is this set up right, or is this, should I consider this? And they were like, man, I, you know, I'd really love to support you, 
but I have a shop that I shoot out of Idaho or Arizona. So I said, you know, why can't I create a brand that's wider stretching than my pro shop of No Limits Archery, right? I'm going to create a brand that, and it started as championship bow hunting, and then it evolved into alpha bow hunting as we created the more structure and the, the, the event, as well as the coaching um, side of it. So that's where it, No Limits Archery is our home base. It's, you know, Braden titled it, it's, it's an archery academy, right? Or it's like archery campus. Campus, yeah. And it's, it's, a great na- it's a great title for what we do here because in addition to the, to the bow hunting courses, the, the offerings we have, we have two of the highest level Joad coaches in the nation here. You know that coach our Joad program, and one of them's a, a coaches a jun- one of the junior USAT teams. I mean, so we have it's it's not just bow hunting base. It's not just target base. Now we've got a great outdoor range and a great indoor range. The the, the staff that works here is very knowledgeable. So the archery campus that is our hub, our hub, our home base, is here in Denver. The alpha stuff is something that we're directly going to be looking to grow and possibly travel to do some of these workshops next year because. To think that we can't that help bow hunters from Utah or Arizona or California or you know Kansas. I mean, this this methodology, this coaching applies anywhere you got a bow in your hand and you're chasing animals. You know how you plug yourself because that's the thing is is you were using you and your moving parts and your capabilities. And again, I don't like to use limitations, but your capabilities to to then grow and to to plug yourself into that. It's based off that. It's it takes all the variables, and and it lines them out, and it shows you how to organize them, and how to use perspective to put things in. And, and you're at you're in control. You're in the driver's seat. No, I don't want to do that. Or yeah, I'll I'll take that shot. You know, we talk about frontal shots. We take about quartering two shots. Quarter. And some people What's like the favorite it. shot, the Texas uh, the Texas hard shot, right? Texas hard so shot. So we talk about everything, <laughs> and it's like one person's going to say, "I'll never take that shot," and the next person's like, "I'll take that shot all day long, as long as it's at this distance or closer." Mm-hmm. Okay, as long as as you as you if you can, like Braden says, you need to commit to something, and and you need to decide, and if you're using, you know, as much knowledge and, and education as you can to to come to that decision, who am I to tell you you're wrong, right? I can't tell you you're wrong. You know, when you go out and shoot an animal in the woods, who's there to know it? You and the animal, usually. So you need to be able to self-reflect and self-discipline and self-regulate as much as you can. But if at the end of the day you commit to that shot because you decided that's a shot I think I can make and I've practiced and I'm going to do it, hey, man, I'm, I'm here to support you. But I want you to know and I want you to really fall back on it's not just shooting from the hip that got you to that decision. So... Um, that's yeah. So alpha bow hunting is something that we're you know we're actually we're going to be at two tack events this year. We're going to be in South Dakota, which is probably around the time that that this one's going to go then, which is uh, June twenty second, first twenty second, yeah, twenty second, yeah. And then we're going to be doing an exhibition alpha rounds at uh, at the Snowbird event in in Utah in July. So that's um, so we're st- we're starting to kind of reach out a little bit more with the event. If if I get the opportunity to 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 do something that would be like a seminar at some of those events or a workshop at one of some of those events in conjunction with what we're doing, best of both worlds, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. So we're, we're exploring 
many options. There's always a lot of irons in the fire. It's, These guys know. It's tongue-in-cheek <laughs> over there, right? It's it's ironic. I'm the one who says commitment. I'm the one with commitment issues. So yeah, right, it's right. always ironic. Phil's got the eating grin on his face over there. So <laughs> looks like well, you can expect. I think he has gummy bears in his pocket. Do you have gummy bears in your pocket, man? Is it? I stepped on a. I stepped on a. Oh, he stepped, <laughs> he's always got snacks. So I figured he had a hole in his What's pocket. When, when you got a couple of young boys, man. Yeah, it's like t- bringing bringing snacks for your pets, right? You gotta. <laughs> I don't know if it's for, just for them. He likes yeah. snack, man. He's Fruit a snacker. Snacks don't make it very far in the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, you're hiking so, up the mountain with him to look back. No, oh, you're eating again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to carb up energy, man. Yeah, man. Where so, you guys uh, hunt sometimes? Alpha AlphaBowHunting.com alpha bow on the World Wide Web, uh, Facebook, bow Instagram. Yeah, AlphaBowHunting well. on Instagram, AlphaBowHunting on Facebook. Uh, we do. We are running live feeds at our at our challenges for the semifinal final rounds on Facebook, and that stays recorded. So anybody wants to go to Facebook and and look at. Um, so the, at this point, the first event's up. By the time this air, uh, this goes up, our second event should be up. And like I said, it's about an hour and 15, hour and 20-minute feed yep. mm-hmm. of um, commentary, kind of sportscast style of the event, broadcast style of the, the semifinal and final rounds. It's fun to watch, man. we got music playing. It's, it's, Here we are live. It, it's, yeah. I mean, semifinal we, rounds of the Women's Open. I like the when they go board. live because I get to be the step-in MC. Right. There you go. <laughs> So now uh, if people wanted to find uh, No Limits. Yeah, NoLimitsArchery.com. Um, that We do have an online store there. Uh, we have not all of our products online, but we have quite a few of our products online. You know, crispy boots, uh, some of the other stuff. We're going to be loading some of the new gear we have up there. Um, that, gives you, that gives you links to the uh, in-house workshops if somebody's here close enough where they want to come into the workshops. Um, but yeah, so I mean that that's that's more on the informational side from the the, the facility. Uh, the alpha is is more on the uh, information for the events and the workshops. And no limits, also Facebook, Instagram. Yep, yep. Facebook and Instagram. Now, if uh, people wanted to follow all y'all's adventures individually, where can they find you? How many Instagram handles do you have now? Three. I'm I'm trying to just use Alpha Bow Hunting, man. I've got a couple Instagram, <laughs> well, three with no limits. But Braden's kind of helped me drive the ship with the no limits and grow that one uh, Instagram. But he's also got his own. Yeah, um, at, so at Braden one or something yeah. like that. I can't yeah. remember Braden underscore one something like I that. I had the same problem. I can't when remember. I don't look at my question. own Instagram. Are you gonna I make guess. me work? I got to fill out the show notes page. <laughs> and then. This is going to be a, a long one with links, I tell you what. But <laughs> going to have to go look you up now. <laughs> I and uh, you still, even after recording yesterday, you still don't remember your Instagram handle? I, I do now. I do. <laughs> it's Brian Horton underscore fit for the hunt. There we go. And there then if go. you also want to follow us at fit for the hunt, it's just fit for the hunt. And that's fit the number four, the hunt. And that's what, what our uh, handle is for Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and it's www.fitforthehunt.com if you want to join our uh, community and sign up for a free membership and support us that way or buy some swag or you know, or see some announcements and uh, see what we got going on with our next few events and or the Fit for the Hunt throwdowns that we'll are play at the next part of the Alpha. We're yep. um, yep. in the throwdown. And there's, there's just a lot to this training for what we do, right? We can't We can't recreate the moment of truth you can't do it but you can re- you can take aspects of your hunt um fitness side fit for the hunt 
you know, shooting under pressure, the alpha challenge. There's other avenues, you know, the tack events we shot last year. That's an incredibly good training exercise for, it's unbelievable. for mountain shooting. It's unbelievable. I mean, you take mm-hmm. all those little parts and pieces and you, you, you treat them right and you train on them right, they're going to put you in the best position to be successful. I know, Just Sam, be prepared to invest in arrows. Sam, yeah, uh, yes, be prepared to invest in Got rid of a couple arrows. boxes, didn't you, in Utah? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Good things. I all I can say is good thing I uh, I met Isaac Elman at that event. Um, <laughs> other, otherwise, I would have been hurting a lot more afterwards. <laughs> Thank you very much, Isaac. Um, and you have those long, long arms where you can scratch the bottom of your kneecaps. Oh yeah, they're all laughing at my. So you're like a 32 inch draw or something. Uh, 30. I think I'm a 30 and a half inch 30 draw. And a half, okay. Something like that. Um, I'm blanking on it now, but yeah, no, I. I can scratch my knees without having to bend over it all. Um, <laughs> so uh, as we're as we're closing out here, I always like to end with, um, you know, once again, this podcast is really focused on people either that don't have a background in hunting or, or just new hunters in general, or folks from the city that don't have the resources. Like, say, if you lived out here and, and easy access, somebody comes up to you, um, says Phil or Braden or Brian, you know, I. You know, I really want to do this, but it's just I, I don't feel like I can, or I'm intimidated, whatever that is. What what encouragement or words of wisdom would you guys have for them? Do you got something good? You go ahead. I do. Debap. What's that? Debap. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I think I think that if they listen to the and I haven't heard it, I've just heard right. But the the Frank and, and Aaron podcast might have plenty of um, inappropriate uh, name bombs there, but but it's a health it's a health it's a health announcement, right? Yeah, right, oh, right, right. No, I, I would I would Doctor Frank, <laughs> right, right. I would oh, probably man. encourage people to uh, it, is is it's easier said than done, right? But don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone a little bit because anytime you're going to achieve growth in anything, you're going to have to get a little bit uncomfortable. The one thing that I'll tell you is the bow hunting community is probably one of the more welcoming communities of any I've been a part of. So um, if, if you probably don't have to ask more than three people for help because you're probably going to find it within one of those three people, you know. And whether it's the right help or the right direction, it, that's, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, and depending on what you're asking, all three of them could be right and completely different Correct. answers. Right. Yeah. Right. So I just, again... Don't don't be afraid to, to step out into that you know un- world of being uncomfortable because initially when you're learning stuff it's going to seem possibly uncomfortable but after that man it, it, I tell you what it's just there's so much good that's that's why I decided to one of the biggest reasons to start this type of business is because I told my wife I want to raise my kids within this community because what I had experienced up to that point was enough for me to say even though the the stories get a little bit obnoxious behind the counter sometimes <laughs> to have my kids grow up in this this atmosphere and i got two boys that are that are here a lot um and i th- that that should say enough in, in itself right is that's just it's, it's a family type atmosphere for sure ask ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions i mean i was fortunate enough to 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 be put into positions where i was around people you know like Phil and like Aaron and and like some other guys, good friends up north, um, Brandon and Caleb at Dirty North. I, I was I was blessed to be in a position, but I just asked questions and kept sticking my nose in there, like probably to the point of annoyment. 
but <laughs> you know what I mean? I, Probably. But it, it was there. It was there, but I'm charming too. So, um, But it's just ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And like Phil said, it's just being able to get out of your comfort zone. We're never going to be the best we can be if we're never out of our comfort zone. We're just going to stay at that limit, right? If we're not putting ourselves in uncomfortable positions and, and putting ourselves where we struggle with something and have to work through it, you, you got to be prepared to get uncomfortable, and that's and that's perfectly okay. Everything's yeah. going to be okay, yeah. you know, in the end. So ask questions. Don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. I think those are two of the best pieces of advice for people getting sure. into it. Well, one more thing for perspective, right, just, just for perspective's sake. Bow hunting and archery is is not that big yet to where if you look at something that's huge like professional sports um basketball for example when are you going to go and and go to your rec center and and shoot hoops next to lebron james or michael jordan probably never going to happen right just it just won't happen i mean it's just not realistic not not practical you can legitimately go to your local pro shop range you may be shooting next to one of the top shooters in the world and not even know it Okay, so from a perspective standpoint, it's still that small. You yeah, know, it, it's still small enough to to know that, and and to think that one of those people that you may ask a question to, may be one of those per- people that are amongst the top shooters in the world. So, again, it's hard to know who they are <laughs> if you don't know the the, the the world, but it's it's very possible because might have to Google them. <laughs> it, you, you might afterwards, man. After you go shoot it from the range, every day, you might be googling everybody to find out who they are, but. Um, it's just to keep it in perspective. Just don't be intimidated because you're probably going to psych yourself out more than 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 anything. It's just well, yeah, you know, um, to give you my perspective on, 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 I guess, what what my advice would be is there's going to be discouraging moments, but don't get discouraged. Try to remember why you started this to begin with. You know, go back to the beginning the positive attitude you had, the excitement that you had, and the reasons you got into it to begin with. And just realize, you know, there's going to be a lot you don't know. There's a lot Phil doesn't know. There's a lot Braden doesn't know. There's way more that I don't know than these two. But just remember, that's going to happen. But uh, the fun part is overcoming that challenge. So you're, you're, there are going to be discouraging moments, but don't get discouraged. Oh, I had a discouraging moment yesterday, man, <laughs> shooting. I was not shooting well yesterday. So, But it's good. I mean, now I know, right? Right? I tested myself. And I'm like, okay, I see where I'm at. I'm not where I need to be. I better, I need to work. Right. So yeah, I didn't I have any discouraging moments shooting yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you didn't shoot enough. Wait, no, no. <laughs> hey, I shot twice. <laughs> was that the third target that happened? Yeah, it was the third target. Oh man! <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been again. fun, man. It's yeah, thanks for the road trip coming out here. Oh, of course. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 74 of Living Country in the City. Make sure y'all head on over to our show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 74 to check out links to everything we talked about in today's episode. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. 